OTB AM. Okay, let's go live to Las Vegas. Andy Lee, how's it going? Good, Owen. How are you? Very well. Yeah, let's be straight up about this for people who are joining us. It is 8.36 Irish time on a Sunday evening here, so I make this 25 to 1 in the afternoon. Have you slept? Uh, briefly. <laughs> uh, briefly, yeah. A couple hours. But I was woken up by uh, the gang, the Sugar Hill gang. <laughs> uh, we went down and had breakfast and... Uh, Tyson was walking around the street this morning and we had a, actually had a nice cold Bud Light in the sunshine outside the Irish bar in New York, New York, if anybody knows it. Uh, not, not a bad way to spend a Sunday morning. No, no, and uh, still all buzzing from last night's performance. I'd imagine so. So what happens in the immediate aftermath? We'll, of course, get into the fight. In the immediate aftermath, uh, what do you get up to? How long do you hang around the arena for? And, and what, how does the night unfold? Um, there's just, you know, you kind of... Back to the, there's obviously a mad... It's chaotic, and there's people everywhere. People want to get to Tyson. They want to interview him. And um, we obviously get back to the restroom, and he, we're all celebrating, and he's... We're all photographs. You can imagine what it is. You know, celebrating photographs and uh, people coming in, in and out of the dressing room, all famous faces and celebrities. And it's, uh, he has to do a drug test, so we have to do that. Then we had a press conference. Then we all got in the car and went back to his, which he, he hadn't stayed in yet. He's um, kind of villa inside the MGM. Mm. The most amazing hotel room I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and uh, uh, we just had, a couple of beers there, you know, there's some real service, and we just, I don't know, so if anyone follows me on Instagram, you'll see a few videos, um, <laughs> but it was a great time, and he had, so he had like an after-party requirement that he was contracted to do, so we went to this after-party and some nightclub on the strip, and then it was back home to bed, but there wasn't much sleeping, and I was, I think I was up to like 6 a.m. this morning, calling everybody and getting back to messages from people, so, um, yeah, it's just, you know, it's, it's always an anti-climax after a fight like that. And the simplest thing to do, and the best thing to do, I find, is always just to spend time together and enjoy the fight instead of trying to relive it, you know, trying to reach that high again. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's something that can slip away so quickly or it's like this is a moment that you all know is really, really important and it's almost like sand through the fingers. You just don't know where the time has gone. But you looked unbelievably happy afterwards, Andy, and I think you've probably <laughs> seen so much of this, the social media yeah. uh, outpouring of love for you, not just for Tyson Fury last night. So once the, fight, once the fight comes to a stoppage, is it a deep satisfaction? Is it euphoria? What is the emotion that you feel? All of those things. Uh, I, was, I was obviously very worried about the fight because we all know Deontay Wilder's power and his record of knocking people out. And obviously the first fight, um, it was miraculous that Tyson got up in that twelfth round. Um, I was also under pressure and, and felt a lot of responsibility because I was the one who suggested, who recommended Sugar Hill to Tyson. And also, we have responsibility in because we've trained him and we've we've put together this game plan, which most people most people laughed at when we said he was going to go for a knockout. Most people thought it was crazy, um, but he executed it. What like the strategy in the game plan to a T, and like the punch, the combination that finished Wilder up was something that we just drilled every day in the gym, and um, it was it, that's what's satisfying. That's what's so satisfying: the fact that 
came, he pulled it off, and he just, you know, followed our instructions. Um, so, yeah, and I was just so happy for him because I know, he yeah, obviously, it's the biggest, biggest, biggest prize in sports, the heavyweight championship for a while, but um, he's a, such a gentleman and such a good person. Um, and I was so delighted for him. That's all, um, you know, that was it. I think when you mentioned the game plan there, Andy, I'm not sure if people thought you were crazy. I think some people thought you were bluffing when you came on off the ball last week and said, this is the game plan, you know, this is what we are going to do. We were all like, surely he can't just be laying this all on the table. But you basically did, just in, in kind of very blunt terms. When you go beyond that, when you go beyond the layer of Tyson Fury is going out to knock Deontay Wilder out early in this fight, what was the game plan? How was he going to execute this? Is there a more complicated version to the story you told us last week on Monday nights off the ball? I pretty much laid it all out on the table for you guys <laughs> last week, so I was just glad no one, no, no one from the wireless camp was listening. Um, it was simple. Press the feet, put him on the back foot. Um, even if you're not um, advancing, look imposing. Look like you're posing a threat. It's, it's, it's much less enticing for, enticing for a wireless to come into distance and try to attack Tyson if he was looking like he was set to punch at all times and that his positioning was good. So it was to press with the feet. Any time Wilder uh, tried to attack, it was to take a little half step back just to clear the range with a high left hand to, to modify the right hand. And as soon as he finished punching, press right back to him. And that keeps pressure on him, mental pressure as well as physical. Um, also, when they were in the clinches, tie him up and rough him up and put your weight on him. And mm. uh, jackhammer, we call it, was where he bangs the body and throws a little short uppercut up up inside, and yeah, it was simple stuff. Faint jab, faint jab, step back, one, two. And if you look at uh, the finish combination, that's like really jab, step back, one, two, finish him. And uh, that was basically the game plan. And yeah, it was risky because you're standing there in front of one of the biggest puncher in boxing history. Mm. Um, you're standing in front of them, but you know, uh, it was well considered and well. Well planned by Sugar Hill, and uh, yeah, came off. That jab is something that looked so clean, so impressive last night. I'm not sure did it look better than it did in December 2018, or what you think, Andy? What, what, like, no, what's, what? Definitely, Tyson's jab was oh, was a flick of a jab. It was like it would occupy his opponents. It would never damage them uh, or push them back. It was just like a flick, flick, flick to set up another punch or to occupy his opponent so he could slide off and move around. Uh, but now he's jab, as I said last week, his jab is a real weapon. And I think that was really telling when Wilder felt that first jab. I actually saw his facial expression change. And, uh, you know, like Tyson took two good right hands at the start of the fight. Mm. Um, and even though that's, that's the fault, it kind of worked in his favor because he just talked to him and kept walking forward. And I think that in some way demoralized Wilder. Um, but once he got his feet adjusted and found the distance that he could step back quicker than he had been in the first round. He never got hit with the right hand again. How does a boxing coach take a jab that is there to occupy its opponent to turn it into something that is a weapon of mass destruction? You just put, you just drill it every day and punch correctly. And as I, like, you know, as I said last week, he's never really been taught the basics of boxing. He's always gotten through and like his pad work before would be very flashy and it would look fantastic. It would be seven or eight combination punches. Um, but you're never going to do that in a fight. Basic boxing wins fights. People who do the simple things correctly win the fights. 
and uh, that's what it was. So, yeah, like, and look, it was only it's only been eight weeks kind of what means for the hill. Mm. Imagine when he has six months or a year, he's going to improve. He's only going to get better and better. Yeah, it's a, it's a terrifying prospect. I mean, we'll get into the next few months in just a moment. But just one last question I had on the game plan aspect of things. You credit Sugar Hill for a lot of his game plan there. Was it a discussion between yourself and Sugar Hill? Or is it all on him? Or, or how does that work in terms of who's actually implementing this? It's, it's, yeah, it's always a discussion. But no, for the most part of Sugar Hill, I just kind of put in my two cents here to implement, especially with the step back and high left hand. Um. I know that's that's effective for a big puncher. Um, but Sugar, no, I have to, you have to give the credit to Sugar Hill. And I like you know, in November last year, Tyson rang me and looking for a new trainer, looking for someone with experience and who could improve him. He spoke to all the coaches in the world. People you would have worked with, people you both know. But the only one guy I recommended was Sugar Hill, and I knew that he would improve Tyson. I knew know how he trains and. Uh, I'm just so great. I'm so relieved that it's worked out because my neck was on the line if it didn't. <laughs> I'm not sure about that, but certainly it's uh, paid dividends anyway in the end. Um, we've got a good insight into it last night about what, who was saying what uh, and I guess the, the activity in your corner last night. But could you just shed further light on that? Was there a plan in terms of who was going to be saying what, how concise the message was going to be in terms of the voices going in to Tyson's ear between rounds? Yeah, and it was always Sugar Hill. He's he's a lead coach, and he they would have worked together more than I did. So it was his plan. It was them who worked together, and so he was the main voice. There were times when I uh, my, my instructions places they weren't technical, they weren't strategic. They were more um, how can I say? I basically was telling him to compose himself towards like around six, from around round four or five hours. It's just basically. Control yourself now. He's ready to go. He's falling apart. But pick your shots. Don't get into more. Like, you know, just... It was more about the mind, what the mindset he should be taking into the rounds or what he should be... How he should be, you know, feeling and what he should be looking for. Nothing nothing really technical or strategic, you know? And, um, yeah, it was good. He, he, he really did, like... Like, it's, it's one thing having a game plan. It's one thing... You know, teaching a fighter in the gym, but to go out there and do it in the fight against the biggest puncher in boxing history, take like it takes like I don't know what it takes. It takes somebody like Tyson Fury. <laughs> it must take a fairly calm mind from his corner, though, to be able to actually communicate the instruction, calm down, relax, and you're delivering an instruction by the sounds of things in the space of five to ten seconds. Ten seconds, absolutely max here. So are you thinking during the round, this is exactly what I'm going to say in this very finite amount of time to Tyson Fury? Are, are you saying to yourself, I need to remain calm here to ensure that he doesn't uh, sense any panic off me? Not that there was any sense to panic at all last night, but I'm just very intrigued in how you managed to keep such a composed head even in the corner because I'm sure things get pretty hot and heavy when you're so invested in a fighter like that. Yeah, listen... When you come back to the corner in a fight, that's your rest. That's your oasis. That should be an oasis of calm because the fight is the fight. When you come back to the corner, you don't need another fight. You don't mm-hmm. need to be showered at that. You don't need to be slapped or you don't need to be harassed. You just need to clear your calm instruction. And it has to be precise and it has to be relevant. And the fighter has to believe in it. It has to make sense to him as well. Um, and I think being a fighter myself, that helps a lot because you know you can read 
But you can read in the poems. You can see what's in his what's what, what's in his mind, what's in his eyes, and you can read your own fighter and know, you know, is it time to go? Is it time to push it, or is it time to hold off and say just carry on and be careful, or is it time to now put a foot in the gas? So, mm. um, but yeah, no, the cor- the corner should always be calm. Um, but we had a we had a great team. You know, we had Fitz Durand doing the cuts, um, Sugar Hill leading the corner, and. My job was simply to hold the book and put the ice pack on his neck. <laughs> I think it was a bit more than that, Andy, but uh, I, I like your modesty on a, on a morning like this. Uh, tell me, when did you know that this was going extremely well? I'm sure you knew fairly early, but it seemed to me, was it after he knocked into the canvas for the first time at the end of was it round three or maybe, that Tyson just throws his arms into the air triumphantly as if he just won the fight, but not in a sort of uh, bravado way. It was almost like a reaction from him. It was like just uh, it, something that he couldn't even control. It was like, oh my God, this has actually happened. I've actually executed my game plan perfectly. Yeah. The hands go into the air, as I say, not to say to the crowd, yeah, I've done this and to, to try and wind him up for anything. It was just a sudden realisation that, oh my God, this is going to be over very, very soon. Yeah, but he was still always dangerous while, like you could never count sure. out. That's why it was like in the corner distressing. He switched on and be allowed because there's a, there's a danger of it becomes too not too easy, but too comfortable, and then he'll relax, and then something will happen. You know, he might get hit mm. with a punch out. So it was always like my instruction from like round three onwards to maybe round five was stay alert, stay switched on. He's still dangerous. He's still there. And then from round five onwards was be to stay calm, stay composed when you're seven, pick your shots, keep pressing like you did, pick your shots, and put the punch together because he's ready to go. But um, it was just like an unbelievable performance by Tyson. He did like, just, he, like he, he's a special, special person. You know, he is really is. Um, he's got an incredible story. And if you like, if you were to make a Hollywood movie of it, you'd say it was too far fetched. So you were saying there uh, that if it was a Hollywood movie, it'd be too far fetched to be believed. But it is reality. In terms of your own emotion now, taking this on to the next step, it's there are so many different possibilities that Tyson Fury can do with his own career. How excited are you for what's next in this coaching path that you're on, specifically with this this heavyweight journey you're on with Tyson Fury? <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's come out of the blue, and I still haven't really committed myself to being a boxing coach. You know, <laughs> I've only been doing it for the last six months, but it's been a been a steep rise, but. Look, I think he's very happy with myself and Sugar Hill, and I think he, he'll be asking us to help him again for his next fight, wherever that may be. Wilder has a rematch, the right to a rematch. Um, as the loser of this fight had the right to a rematch. So if he wants to have that rematch, I'm not sure, mm. but we'll see. He might, he might do. I think he might. Um, so that will be our next fight. But I can't see it going any differently, you know? Mm. Can't, I can't see it going any different. I think if if I was Wilder, I would say have some more or fight somebody else, maybe get a different coach and or bring somebody else into his camp. Not change not change coaches, but bring somebody else in who can refine him a little bit and then go go for Tyson. Maybe give it a year, get the rematch in a year. But um yeah, look, it's an amazing, amazing uh experience for me to be part of this and a huge honor to be asked. And to, to think that you know you have something to offer, offer the heavyweight champion. So uh, look, I'm just going to get home now. I'm at the airport here in Los Angeles, in Las Vegas. Get home to Dublin tomorrow, and then sit down, have a rest, and get back to the family. That's all I'm thinking about. Have you spoke to your wife and daughter yet? 
I have, yeah, been on the phone constantly, and uh, I've got a lot of making up to do with the dad duties when I get back. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's what I, that's what my next couple of weeks are: uh, the school run and the and the settling. I'd imagine so. Um, just another quick question on what happens next for Tyson. I know it's too soon, but immediately in the aftermath last night, Eddie Hearn was congratulating you, Andy, on your, your role coaching, but also, of course, congratulating Tyson Fury because he really wants to set up this Anthony Joshua fight ASAP. Mm. Do you think that's a realistic possibility within the next 12 months? I think so. I don't see why not. It's a huge fight. And I don't see there being any, any fear from Tyson, you know, uh, or unwillingness to, to, to fight him. And these things are very complicated. There's so much money involved and how it's split and where it goes to that, you know, these fights, that they can be very hard to make. But if there's a willingness from both boxers for a fight to happen, then usually they do. So all the talk and all of this, you know, tweeting, if they really want it, they'll, they'll make an offer and, and then Tyson will have to consider it. But, yeah, like Tyson said, he wants he has three more fights in his contract and he said he wanted Wilder again after this one mm. maybe somebody else and then Joshua so uh, he's always stuck to his word so yeah. I, 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 why not it should happen these fights should happen two like Tyson's the best heavyweight in the world now it's not the two best heavyweights Tyson's the best heavyweight but the, the next best challenger Anthony Joshua should be stepping up to fight him it's important as well Andy that Tyson's not only the best heavyweight in the world he's also the most exciting boxer in the world right now, potentially uh, regardless of weight, pound for pound. I know we might get you into your pound for pound most exciting uh, boxers sometime, but in terms of excitement, he is, and I think it comes from the fact that he is a heavyweight boxer and he is able to move the way that he does, and that's obviously a huge draw in the places like the United States, but everywhere around the world, like people will part with cash to watch Tyson Fury right now. It is, it, like, it's as simple as that. He is a product on his own. It doesn't matter who's in the ring against him. They had 8,000 people at the weigh-in, and they had to turn away more. The place was packed. Mm. It was so hard to get tickets for this fight. Um, but they're building a big arena here in Las Vegas now. It's the, the Las Vegas Raiders, former Oakland Raiders. And that, that, that potentially could host a fight like Tyson versus Joshua. Um, but he is, yeah, he's, he's gone. For, he's, a global, he's a global superstar now. You know, he, like, you saw his ring walk. Like, he can see, that was his idea come out with furies on fire your defense is terrified is it and then to switch into Patrick Klein crazy and to be on a throne wearing a, a robe and a crown I thought it was ridiculous I wasn't into it at all I was thinking just get into the ring get the job done this is it there's no need for this but I was actually looking at it. I was in the ring while he was making the way in I said nah what are you doing now <laughs> so uh, he's, he's, just, he's more like and then to get up and sing a song after like he's He's an all-round man. <laughs> He's a throwback to the old days. I didn't actually think. I didn't actually realize this. So you were the bad cop in his coaching staff. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm very serious about the job. I don't. I don't like any messing around. Like, <laughs> um, I just like to get get on with the business. I'm there to do the job. That's it. Can I ask you what happened with the water bottle afterwards? What was the water bottle? There's a clip doing the rounds of you handing a bottle to Tyson, and Tyson's like, where did you get that water bottle from? And he oh, pointed no. the front row, and he's yeah, like, I'm no, not having that. We're very careful of what he drinks and where it comes from. So we had all our own water bottles with us. We brought our own, like, steel water bottles with us to the fight, to the arena. We didn't need anything from anybody from outside. Um, and what had happened is the security man handed me that bottle of water, and he said, where's it coming from? I said, I'm not sure. I said, I'm not drinking. So I went and got one of my own bottles gave him a drink. 
Um, so that's 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 the story. But like throughout this whole training camp, even in the gym, we bring our there was lots of water on hand, but we didn't take anything from anybody. We just um, used all our own stuff. You can never be too careful, I guess. You like I think anybody you, you know as well how dangerous boxing can be in terms of politics and stuff like that. So I guess down to a, the very minutiae, you, you can't be too careful, especially after such an amazing moment. Uh, one of, one yeah, of the last things. Like, the, the legacy for this, for you personally, is important. But then, like, I mean, you look at what you've learned over the last few weeks. I'd imagine it's been loads, Andy, and what you can bring to the likes of Paddy and to Jason and to who knows who else you're going to be working with over the next few months and years. Like, you must be really excited to almost get back into the gym straight away and actually bestow some of this knowledge back onto to your fighters again because this is a constant learning process as a coach now. Yeah, it's, it's been a huge experience for me. And... Even if I haven't learned anything technically, uh, which I have, just to be in the corner and the fight this magnitude. Paddy was like, Paddy Donovan was here. He's been here for the last week and a half, two weeks, training alongside Tyson. He was there ringside at the fight. He's in the dress room. So, as I said, I've been you here, not just not for the training, it's for the experience to think that one day you'll be at this level. This will be where you're going to be. So, every time you're seeing Tyson do something, put yourself in that position that's, and think how you'll handle it. And that's 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 what it means to him. Jason's improving. He's got. We're hoping for him to fight in April. Paddy's fighting March seventeenth in New York in the Madison Square Garden. And uh, yeah, we'll be back in the gym next week. <laughs> and we'll be back to doing the same things we did, like the same things I do with Tyson, the same things I do with those guys. Same basic boxing. Nothing, nothing special. Well, listen, Andy, go and uh, binge watch some Peppa Pig with your daughter before getting back into the gym. Great yeah, to chat to you. I'm looking forward to seeing Peppa Pig and uh, Frozen too. <laughs> You've got to catch up. I'm sure, I'm sure some plot lines have developed uh, since you're sent away. Listen, let me give you your outro. Yeah. World champion boxer, world champion trainer, Andy Lee. Thank you very much for joining yeah, us. Thank you. That's my new, my new outro. An intro, please. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, Thank Andy. You. Take care. Safe life. OTB AM on OTB Sports Radio, Ireland's first and only sports radio station.